morning, everybody. It's Monday morning, April 20th. And it's another beautiful, sunshiny day here in Alberta. After uh, the, the weather this weekend was absolutely amazing. We went out on, um, we went out on Saturday, quad, and there was still a bunch of snow in the back, in the outback there. And uh, um, they'd originally put a, a uh, overhead valve ban on and then they lifted it the following day I think it's they were concerned about a fire hazard I guess that uh, surprisingly enough human activity causes um, I think they're saying 70% I, I don't know the actual number 70% of forest fires so what they wanted to do was they wanted to limit the amount of people out packed because of course the um, you know, budgets are down and with this COVID thing and everything else. So then they realized how wet it was out there and you wouldn't, uh, I mean, you have to be pretty skilled out there to, to start a fire by accident. Um, so we were out on Saturday and we had, we had an absolute riot. Uh, one part we were in mud, the next part we were in snow and then we were, we've got a few sandy parts where the the sand is, is um, well, it's like beach sand. It's so fine. and um, We're going up through there, and then we go back through another lake. Everything's frozen underneath, so there's, you know, anywhere from 4 to four to 12 inches or more of water on top of the ice, so you're, you're running through there and, and uh, um, you know, getting all wet and then going to the next part. And it was, it was absolutely, the weather was, was amazing. Um, it was very warm and, uh, no wind. Um, and, the, yeah, I mean, the, the one nice thing too is, you know, with your helmet and everything else on, you're not, uh, you're not looking at getting any sun anywhere, which is always nice when you're, when you're back in the woods, the, um, um, when you're back in the woods, the, uh, the weather is, is, uh, the, the sun's blocked out a lot more. So I kind of like that effect too. I know when we stop, I was trying to stop in the shade for obvious reasons with the prednisone and, and uh, I'm still on prednisone, will be for life. So with that, um, we, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to stay, to stay in the shade and keep the, the possibility of the skin cancer down to minimal. Um, it was my birthday yesterday. So we uh, had a little birthday party. It was it was a lot of fun, and I posted a couple of the cards I got, and uh, my daughters were uh, were playing some pranks, really funny cards, and my wife got me a really funny card. Um, it was nice. Uh, we were able to wait till Jessica's boyfriend came over, Adam, and uh, so he was able to join us all, and. Um, Taught her cook supper. That was cool. Did a good job cooking the burgers. So I had a great day. Really nice day. Relaxing day. I was completely burnt out from quadding the other day. In, in fact, um, the quadding was, was hard enough that it registered almost the same as me doing a 15K bike ride. Um, 
so it was uh it was <laughs> it was very very tiring um yeah so so that was fun and uh um from what i understand uh I, the i mean there's a lot of people out um but of course you know it's 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 out in the woods so it's one of those situations where um you know, you've got a helmet on and you've got all kinds of gear on, you know, depending on, on, you know, you've got gloves on and rain gear and stuff like that. Cause you're getting soaked. You know, if you don't wear that, you're soaked and then you're going to get cold. So there's not really any, any conflict with, uh, with, uh, being too close to anybody or anything like that. So, I mean, that's, that's a, a dead issue when we're out there. Um, so, and then we had, uh, um, we had Adam come out. That's uh, Jessica's boyfriend, and uh, so he came out. He just had some work done to his quad. And then he come out and uh, snapped one of his drive shafts, his front, his front, uh, sorry, his front um, axle drive shaft, whatever. Um, busted it inside the diff. So that was an interesting concept. We. We didn't know it was broken in there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I carry I carry a decent amount of tools when I go out. I've been left out there a couple of times where I needed those tools or whatever. So I've got certain tools and spare parts and an air pump and, um, you know, repair kits for the tires and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, I carry all that stuff with me because I get way back there sometimes in the bush and and if it's something simple, then, you know, or, or something that I can repair, tie wraps and mechanic wire and duct tape and electrical tape. And um, you know, a lot of those things, like let's say you blow rat hose, there's usually lots of water around. And you can repair a rat hose with electrical tape. So, you know, you, you wrap that tape around there, it'll keep it from, from leaking. I mean, that's a good thing to put in your, you know, to put in your, your vehicle or whatever. Um, you know, generally if all of a sudden your vehicle starts to overheat and you look in there and you've got a hole in the rad, well, you know, tape it up and you're going to get to the next area at least, you know, to get serviced or, or at least get yourself, because it usually happens, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Well, for me anyway. I mean, I guess other people it always happens on the side of the 401 or the whatever major highway you have near you. I'm having some black rifle coffee this morning. I got it at Trapper Gourds. And um, I tried to go over to, to uh, Old Smokes Coffee. It's a coffee place here in town. And they were closed. Um, so I was out at Trapper Gourds picking up a couple cool hats on our way back from a, a job we're doing outside town the other day. And... Um, so I, I, they have Black Rifle Coffee there. It's kind of a neat concept because part of the proceeds from Black Rifle Coffee goes to vets and veteran programs. So, I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's going to a real good cause. So I, if I can, I, I try and buy that, uh, the Black Rifle. I, I, think, um, I think we're starting to forget more and more about our, 
our vets. Um, so I, I like to do that. It keeps, you know, s- some of the people that come back, you know, they, they need extra help. And, and if this is going to help them out, then, then I'm all for it. Um, so I've been sending messages to, to Kathy, but I haven't, uh, obviously she's not replying to the messages because she's, you know, she's not feeling well. Um, so I just send a brief little, you know, brief little thing and, and then, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a a reply when I, when I send that over to her, but I think she's, I think she's doing okay. I just sent a text over to Scott to see, and, and if I, if I hear back from him during this podcast, I'll, I'll update how she's doing. I know that Nevin got held up. He was planning on being home and, and he got held up. He drank a bunch of water. He had to drink a bunch of fluids. His, his medical team wanted to drink a bunch of fluids. I'm not sure why that is. And, um, and I, the, so they prevented him from, from going home. You know, it's, it's, it's an odd concept. It, so they, they prevented him from going home because of the COVID-19 thing. So they don't, they don't want him in and out of the hospital. Um, because of this, I guess he has to get daily checks. So this is a dual-edged sword here. It's, although coming back into the hospital is is a a bit of a pain, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think back to to how I felt about it. I don't think it was too big of a deal. There's a bit of a security blanket issue there, you know, like when you get back and everybody says, "Oh yeah, no, everything looks good," and and we're going to address this issue or whatever. You know, you feel good, you can leave the hospital, and and you're feeling good. But there's a lot to be said for going home. You know, and, and knowing that, okay, I do have to go back there tomorrow, but I'm at home. So I'm either, I'm in my bed or, um, you know, in Nevin's case, let's say he's, you know, he, he has his video game there or, or or whatever it is that, that he has that makes him comfortable. And then, yeah, okay, fine the next morning. But, so I understand that the, the COVID thing, but what I, what I'm having a hard time with in certain instances here is, this is a young man, no different, you know, really when it comes to immune issues. Now, his immune system may be actually weaker than mine. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't know that there's a scale for immune systems. Okay. So here you have an issue with, with a young fella who, I guess his team was going to, I know this is jumping back and forth, sorry, but his team was releasing him and then the um, upper management, the of the hospital said no because of the COVID issue. They don't want them in and out with the COVID issue. But here's, here's the problem I have with that. So you have a young fella here who has been immune suppressed on and off for the last four or five years. And you have two parents and a sister that are used to him being immune suppressed. And like, don't get me wrong, being immune suppressed is is a battle, okay? Because you're constantly, for the most part, you're constantly reminding everybody of your situation. 
people you deal with every day, your family members, um, you know, like there's certain things you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to, this is just for my team. So your team may say something different and that's fine. It's, it's not an argument. It's just, this is just what my team said. And it's just, this, this is what it is. So, you know, cat litter, they don't, I don't have any cats. Um, I'm not a real cat, cat person. So, um, you know, don't change cat litter for instance. Uh, gardening is a no-no, I guess, mixing up the gardening because there's certain bacteria that you can get into your lungs that could cause issues, okay? Uh, garbage, taking out the garbage um, is is another issue when, when it comes to doing that stuff. And fine particles. So fine particles that are going to, uh, let's say you find a mouse nest or a squirrel nest or a raccoon nest or whatever. It's not a good idea unless you get a real well-fit mask um, to remove that. So you get somebody with a healthy immune system to, to remove it because whatever's in there likely isn't going to affect them, but it, it could affect you as an immune suppressed, okay? Then you have, so you have gas pump nozzles, door handles, um, debit machines without tap, money, products at the store that other people have touched. Um, let me see what else. Um, so if you go and you get uh, coffee, the cup, because you don't know what the other person's doing, especially when you're dealing with situations where you have people now that are wearing gloves. Okay. So these, these neoprene gloves that they're wearing is if they're touching things that other people are touching, they're holding that on those gloves. So I'm not sure what the concept is with that because when you deal with, like when I deal with my transplant team or I deal with one of my nurses, let's say they're changing bandages or whatever, they change their gloves from the last person. So I'm not sure why we're wearing gloves all day and just holding all the stuff on the gloves, I guess, unless you're spraying the gloves. But that, that one there, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure that there's some sort of scientific revelation that, that somebody would come up with. But from my experience... And what I've been taught and what I've been told and what I've seen in the hospital, wearing gloves all day doesn't make any sense. I get the mask. I think a lot of people are downplaying the mask. And I I don't see um, I don't see why you'd be downplaying the mask. I, I think if if somebody sneezes and you have a mask on, I mean, even if you've reduced it by 50%, that's 50% less crap that's going into your into your face right so if you want to wear a mask wear a mask i don't i don't see what the difference is but you're dealing with so in this kids like uh, and the same with me too and most of the people i know that are immune suppressed we're always on alert so they say to nevin well you and your parents you can't you can't leave because you got to come back for your daily checkups because we're worried about COVID. But those parents aren't staying at the hospital. So they're going back and forth out of the hospital. And the whole time that they're doing that, they're being cautious of who they're running into. And as far as I know right now, the hospitals are locked down. So the only people that are in there are people that are essential. So it's not like... You know, if yeah, you have a twelve-year-old in there. They need their family in there. I mean, that's that's an essential person. You can't just you know leave them in there alone. Um, so you'll have 
direct parents of, of the kids and stuff. And they're in, they're in the kids' hospital. Um, but they're in the cancer part. So I think they're in Sinai, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So you've gotten a certain group in so much of a panic that it's almost like the common sense of those of us that have to deal with this on a daily basis is out the window. And you have this kid, like like this kid, he's, he's under stress. Um, he's having issues with, uh, they, they loaded him up with fluid the other day. I've never actually never heard that. I've only heard that a few times. And it's always, it always seems to me, I always shake my head and, and anybody I've ever talked to, they shake their head too when a medical team loads somebody's loads somebody up with fluid like here we want you to drink this amount of fluid in one day and and then all of a sudden they're surprised the next day when the kidneys are pissed off and the liver's pissed off and and the person is swollen up well that you know i mean you just got done doing chemo and everything else why would you load somebody up with a whole bunch of fluid like when i came out of the hospital i was under a fluid restriction yet um i had all the proper urine counts and I had no, my, my creatin was good. My liver function was good. Everything was good, but I was still under a liquid restriction for a while. I don't remember how long, but it's probably, it's, it's probably a few weeks to a month that I was on a fluid restriction before they could actually, you know, make sure that everything was working properly. So I'm not sure why, why they would do that, but I, I don't understand why they're, why they're holding this kid back in the hospital when he could be recovering at home. You know, I mean, you know, we don't have a lot of traffic in our house. So, um, like, I mean, especially now, but even even when, even when you, you don't have this, there are still rules in the house as per who can come in and who can't. So if you have, let's say you have somebody who's not, you have kids that aren't vaccinated, well, they can't come into the house because they might be carrying something and if there's a chance that I can get it I don't know the scientifics on it but I'm not willing to to um to take any chances with it so and that's fine you do whatever you want to do whatever but um you know the the, the not that person can't come in the house if I'm here they can't come in the house if somebody's sick so if Lily Lily likes to bring her bring her friends over at lunch and uh um so if, if they're sick, they can't come over, okay? This is year-round. So if, if my kids are sick or something, then, then and it's usually a constant reminder. You know, hey, you're sick, right? Yeah, well then, you know, you have to wash everything you touch and stay away from me and this, that, and everything else. And, and I don't think that people realize, like, how this is a daily thing for immune-suppressed and transplant and you know cancer patients and all that sort of thing so I, I again i'm not sure why this this kid wouldn't be allowed to go home and heal and becoming he's coming in and out on his own vehicle into an area that's restricted like there's there's barely anybody that's allowed in there um and he'll be under mask i bet and um you know with his parents constantly watching him because he's 12 so he's going to forget we all know that I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, speaking from experience that a guy's brain really probably doesn't start really evolving and starting to work till after he gets married. So um, in some parts, 
so you know that 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 situation it doesn't it doesn't make you know it doesn't make a lot of sense to me um because he's he's he still has to come back when he's released i think they said he's got to come back for daily checkups and then a few weeks after that he's got to come back every you know every um three days three or four times a week he has to come back so there there's that constant thing and and even when say the covid is lifted he's still in the same boat so it's actually safer for him now because there's so few people in the hospital it's safer for him now to be going in and out and there's few people on the street than it is when the hospital is full because i mean i've been in the hospital and people are coming onto the cvicu floor and they're sick as a dog you know, they're, and it's public. So it's somebody coming in to visit somebody and they're sniffling and they're coughing and everything else. They're in the elevator and they're coming in. I don't know, maybe somebody's sick or somebody's, you know, passing away or whatever. But what they don't realize though, is that person that's coming in there. Yeah, I, I get you have a relative that's, that's you know, or, or somebody that's maybe seriously ill or whatever. You're putting everybody at risk. Everybody that you're running into in that hospital, you're putting at risk. All the nurses, all the doctors, all the people in the waiting room and everything. And yeah, I, I, I get that you're under stress or whatever, but it's not fair for you to make everybody else sick. Like you, you have to suck that one up and take it for the team. I mean, there, there could be people in CVICU that have just received a transplant. So what if you brush by their family members, their family member doesn't realize that you're sick and they take that into the transplant and all of a sudden the transplant gets sick and they're in the hospital for three or four more months because they got a, a bad flu because... You couldn't stay out of the hospital. You see, so the, the whole thing here is is that although, although you know, we have this social distancing and, and there's a whole bunch of people that are pissed off about people not following the social distancing now because we have so many experts on Facebook who have no idea what it's like to be immune suppressed. No idea at all. Who, you know, are, are making judgment calls on other people. And, and, and I've had people make judgment calls on me who have, who have been experienced the COVID for a month and now all of a sudden they're they're all up in arms because of certain things that i'm doing or certain things that i'm saying hey we're experts at this i know how to avoid people like the plague okay and i have no issue whatsoever of leaving a store i have no issue whatsoever of not if I, if a waiter or waitress is sick and i can tell that they're sick i have no issue whatsoever of either getting another waiter or leaving it just doesn't bother me because that can take me three, four weeks sometimes to get over that flu or get over that cold. And then I have to limit who I'm coming in contact with and everything else. So yeah, sure. You get a, you know, you get a cold or whatever, and it's, it's a few days. Well, for some people, it could take them over a month. They've literally lost a month out of a year because you couldn't stay inside. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So as we're, as we're passing judgment and as we're becoming experts because, you know, we've got, you know, we've got these politicians that are telling us all these things that, that everybody's just falling for hook, line and sinker. They're just waiting on these guys to give us the next response of, oh, how we're going to, they don't have a clue. You know, if, if, if you want real answers, talk to people and listen to people that know what they're talking about. Don't, don't listen to some guy who's, who's uh, you know, whether you like this or not, don't listen to a guy who's a drama teacher. 
you know, or 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 a or a guy that 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 builds buildings for a living, you know, and 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 or um, you know, or 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 somebody who's who's uh, I don't know, like an insurance broker, you know, or or whatever. These, these guys and these men and women, they they don't have any idea what they're talking about, but Heather Ross does, and Doctor McDonald's does, and and Doctor Billia does. You know, these, my, my doctor, Dr. Peterson down in Edmonton does, and the nurses do, because they deal with this stuff every day. You know, uh, um, an executive in an office, I don't believe an executive in an office. Like I, if, if I have a, the, the executive director of hospitals for Canada and Heather Ross in the same room, I'm listening to Heather. Okay, that's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I mean, unless this, this person has the proof that they can provide that, that, that they have more knowledge base than what Heather does, not a chance. Yeah, sure, I trust Heather. But same with Dr. Peterson. I'm listening to him first. Um, you know, Dr. Kim, Dr. Yao, Dr. Cusimano, these, to me, these are the experts. Those teams that are direct teams, these are the people, these nurses that are in CVICU, these, these cancer nurses that are dealing with cancer patients who are suppressed all the time, the, you know, these nurses that are specialized, you know, they, those are the people that I'm listening to. They have the knowledge. They have the experience. Um, I mean, I, I know nurses that have been nurses for, for 40 years. No, do you really think I'm going to listen to to some politician over over what uh, do you really think I'm going to listen to some politician over over uh, one of these nurses? Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Okay, so I think that I think that in the same breath, I think that we we need to concentrate on where we're getting our information from, who we're getting our information from, or, and, and are they even qualified to give us information? And if they're not qualified, then why are we listening to them? You know, why are we in panic mode, let's say, when maybe we don't need to be? You know, and, and hey, if you feel safe staying at home and, um, you know, getting your stuff delivered to you and wiping down your boxes and all that sort of stuff, man, all the power to you. Because in some cases, feeling good about what you're doing and having the confidence in what you're doing really, really, really counts. So let's compare that to something, okay? Transplant-based. So let's say that you get out of the hospital. Um, you've just had your heart, you've just had a heart transplant, okay? You get out of the hospital and you're pretty sure that you can do a walk, but you don't know how far of a walk you're going to be able to do. Okay. So you're feeling, you know what, I, you know, I've got this new heart now and I want to, um, I want to, to get this heart healthy. It's probably already healthy, but I always, you know, I got to get this heart accustomed or get it healthy again or, or whatever it was I was thinking. So I'm going to go for a walk. But I'm nervous, okay? So I'm nervous. And you're going to go for a walk where there's nobody, okay? And it's a perfect day. So there's no chance of getting a cold. Let's just say all the 
Everything is, everything is absolutely perfect. Okay. The person that you're with, uh, is your, um, let's say it's your husband or wife just for conversation's sake and, or it's your parent. Okay. You're, you're younger. So it's your parent and you know that they're not flu or cold or anything like that. So they're, they're clean and you want to go for a walk down the street. Okay. And, but you're nervous because a month ago, before you had your transplant, you couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. But now all of a sudden, you can breathe, your muscles are coming back to life, you're actually peeing on a regular basis, you're not, um, you know, you're, you're not having to take Lasix, your appetite is back. Um, you actually get hungry and all these sorts of things. So, but you're nervous because, you know, a month ago you couldn't walk. I mean, in order for you to, to, to get up the, the four or five stairs it is to get into your house, you'd have to take a break when you get to the top of the stairs. So in order for you to feel better about going for this walk, you decide you're going to take a wheelchair. Okay. Simple enough concept. Makes complete sense. And you don't need it. So when you get back to the house, you're like, well, I didn't need it. I feel really good about that. So you decide later on in the day, of course, because you're getting antsy. And you've, you've, you know what? That's, that's a win. That's a trophy. You just went outside. And went for a walk instead of say walking around your, your living room or whatever. You went outside, you went for a walk. So you had to deal with uneven pavement, a slight incline, a slight decline. Um, you know, you were able to see the birds flying around and listen to the birds singing. And, uh, you know, you're, you were able to, you know what? You felt alive again. You felt human again. You felt like you were in a place where normalcy was starting to come back because you want to be normal. Okay, just like Nevin, he wants to feel normal again. So he wants to be able to go home so he can have some normalcy back in his life. It's Kathy. She wants to be home again so she can feel normal, as normal as she possibly can. So she can start to heal, so she can start to bow, so she can start to do her things, right? Same with me. I was out of the hospital in, uh, in I think it was like 10 or 11 days. And I should have been out. I had to wait over a weekend. So I should have been out, you know, in like, seven, eight days, I should have been out of the hospital. And um, I could hardly wait to get home, okay? Now home for me was, I went back to, um, I went back to my aunt's house and I spent uh, two weeks at my aunt's house because um, she, uh, she lived really close to the hospital and I had to come back weekly. So in order for me to, um, in order for me to do that, I had, you know, I, I had to be close. And I lived a few hours away from the hospital. So, um, you know, that was, that, 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 that was what I, that, that was the way we had it worked out. I could have drove back and forth from Goddard, but I was lucky enough that my aunt just let me stay at her house for, for a week or two. And, and, you know, we were out walking around and everything like that. But, but I was healing better at home. Okay. Um, 
I was healing better because first off, even though it was really, really hard sleeping with the way my chest was and everything, I was, I was actually sleeping in a bed where I could turn the lights out at night and there wasn't any noise, okay? Even if I wasn't sleeping that great, I was still sleeping better than what I was sleeping in the hospital. And that's what these people are looking for, okay? And when you... You know, when, when you're when you're staying in your house, okay, and you're getting your stuff ordered in and you have that security blanket, then that's 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 excellent. You're feeling confident, you're feeling good about yourself, and and you're winning. I'm I'm a hundred percent for that. You know, I mean I'm a hundred percent for you doing whatever it is that makes you comfortable. But in the same breath as saying that, there are other people transplant patients that can't sit down for that long and that's me okay i gotta get out and i gotta do something i go i go absolutely batshit crazy so you know we we go out in the woods well i hate to be the bear of bad news we're, we're not running into anybody we're not talking to anybody because i don't talk to people as it is um you know i'm not a real big fan of of uh of uh you know talking to strangers to begin with um so, you know, we go out and, uh, you know, you can, and keep in mind, I, I carry lots of hand cleaner year round, right? So, you know, you go up, get, you know, get fuel, do whatever it is you got to do. And boom, uh, out you go. That gets me out exercising. I'm feeling better. That's my comfort zone. Okay. So I think it's really, really important in order to keep your anxiety down and 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 keep your um you know keep your depression down and keep yourself feeling safe that during covid or not during covid that you're doing things that you are very very comfortable with for instance if you decide to go for a walk later on that afternoon and you feel like well you know I didn't need the wheelchair last time but I'm going to take it with me just in case. Don't be embarrassed about that. Or don't think that's silly. Or don't think, oh, you know what? What are people going to think of me? Who cares? You just survived a heart transplant. You know what? You're a warrior to begin with. You're a machine, so to speak. So take the wheelchair. Because now, having that wheelchair with you, you may decide, hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to go, I don't know, an extra 15 steps and see if I can do it. Okay? So you do the extra 15 steps. Man, you make it. Then you get back to your house and you're like, yeah, I did that. I did an extra 15 steps. Well, now you're pretty excited. So you're probably going to tell some people, you're probably you're going to tell your transplant team because you're going to see them every week for biopsy for the next little bit. So when you're in there getting your biopsy, you know, and they're shoving that cat down your vein in your neck and they're, you know, taking a little piece of heart from you and they want to check it and make sure that you're not in rejection. You might be talking to your, you know, biopsy guy saying, hey, listen, yeah, you know what? I've been doing a bunch of walks and, and, uh, you know, I, I did a full lap around the block and, and um, you know, you say, well, I'm still taking my, my wheelchair with me, you know, just to just so I feel comfortable. Like, I know the one guy that did a lot of my biopsies, Dr. Hill, would be like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, take that, take that wheelchair with you because then that way there, you know, you can, you can go a little further and, and without feeling bad. And if all of a sudden you do get tired, and that's going to be the same thing your transplant team says to you too. So, you know, you... you that's the thing that makes you feel comfortable, right? And it's the same thing with, with um, um, it's the same in the situation where, especially like 
if I lived in Toronto or Edmonton's pretty spread out, so Edmonton's not a pretty good, or let's say Vancouver. Um, you know, everybody's on top of each other, right? Everybody's in a rush. Everybody's in a hurry. So your chances of bumping into somebody or somebody really not thinking about all that sort of stuff is, is, is way more likely than what it is in, in Grand Prairie. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Like, we're, we're spread out. This town is spread out. There's only seven or 80,000 people here. But it's, it's very, very easy to avoid people here. Um, even at, you know, even on jobs, um, you know, when we have to go and fix something, you know, it's, it's, it's even right now is essential. You know, we have to fix something. Let's say it's, it's, it's very, very simple to keep the distance because everybody's pretty open and, and it's a different pace and, and it works out, you know, it works out really, really good. So <clears throat> very, very lucky, very, very blessed in that case. Um, so when we were out, for instance, like when we were out quad the other day, um, you know, there's three of us out there. Uh, none of us ever really came that close to each other. Um, and even when we were trying to, we had the one issue with the one quad, even when we were fixing it, we were still able to, you know, rotate out. So we were far enough away from each other, so to speak, which is what I like anyway, all the time. Um, and, you know, we got back, nobody's any worse for the wear, whatever else, but you know, that day of quadding that I did with those guys, you know, we stopped, we took a couple breaks or whatever. Um, like it was, it was hard. Like I was keeping up with two 20 year olds on their quads are far better than mine. Power steering on theirs. And, and you know, this hurt. Now I was down yesterday. I, I could have, no, I wasn't down, but I, you know, I took it easy yesterday, but it was also my birthday and I, you know, I hung out with my wife and, and uh, hung out with the kids. And then we went out and checked up on the trailer and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, there was, there was a lot of things there, but, but, um, um, we, we were fortunate enough, you know, that, that with that heart that I received, um, like with my old heart, I would have been exhausted getting up on the truck just to back the quad off. And that's, I mean, that's the difference between what, um, you know, what, what life is like with or without, you know, the, the, the organ donation part, you know, without having that new heart and, and without, you know, survive, you know, living and, and, um, you know, constantly kind of being vigilant, you know, being vigilant of surroundings and paying attention to who's around you and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, even at the movie theater, you know, and stuff like, like year round for, for us who are immune suppressed, we, you know, this hope, this hopefully gives us the opportunity to where we can say to some, Hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm immune suppressed. Um, if, if you're sick or whatever, like I, same when I go and get my hair cut, which isn't very often. Um, although my wife would like me to go more often, uh, say that to the to the hair, you know, hair person, barber, whatever, before uh, uh, the hairdresser lady there, before I go in, you know, are you sick? Are your kids sick? And she says, yes. Says, okay, well, I'm, I need somebody who's not been in contact with somebody who's sick. I mean, you're already taking a chance. I know that they've seen a bunch of people that day, but it's one last thing, right? And when you say to somebody, hey, listen, you know what? I've had a heart transplant. I'm immune suppressed. 
um, is there any way I could get somebody, you know, who's maybe had less contact with people or whatever? I deal with the same hairdresser every time I go. So she knows when I come in and uh, they're great. They're like, yeah. Or they'll tell you, hey, listen, you know what? You're the heart transplant. Yeah, well, I'm not feeling that well today. So um, I've switched you and you're going to be with this person. They're, they're feeling good. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Thank you. And I mean, those are the relationships that you start to develop with people, you know, and then you have that issue where, oh, shoot, you know, say that person went somewhere else or whatever. And, and let's say this barber's close to you. Um, you know, I, you know, you've got to start over again. Uh, that's okay. We, we're used to starting over. Uh, same as when this thing lifts and, and we get, you know, we get back to going to the gym and we get back to exercise and all that sort of thing. We're, you know, we're right back into the same same boat again you know we still have people there who are going to have the flu we still have people there that uh my computer's glitching a bit here i'm wondering if this is still working okay i'm not sure if this is still still working here so i'm just gonna um I'm gonna have to sign off prematurely. I've got something going on with my computer here. So um, listen, I'll, I'll finish this podcast a little later and um, we're gonna, we got some things that we gotta get out and get doing here. So uh, thanks everybody and, and, uh, and, and have a great day.